Uh, Rabbi Moshe Hauer is the incoming executive vice president of the OU. And the OU has put together an amazing document, in my opinion, an amazing document entitled Guidance to Schools and Communities on Reopening, presented by both the OU and the uh, Rabbinical Council of America. Rabbi Moshe Hauer, welcome to JM in the AM. Good morning, Michael. Thank you very much. Thank I, you for the welcome. I never thought in a million years that our first conversation uh, with you as incoming uh, executive vice president would be about a pandemic. But uh, then again, there's a lot of things that have been happening over the last few months that nobody expected, I guess, at this point. Yeah, that's, that's very accurate. <laughs> anyway, despite the circumstances, welcome to JM and the AM. I, I think that, and, and by the way, the reason this document is so uh, impressive is it's so thorough. It's obvious that the post uh that the OU relies on worked very hard to try to think, and I think they may have thought of literally every single uh, circumstance and the people that were uh, guiding on this, in addition to the uh, medical advisory panel, uh, uh, have been a uh, Herschel Schechter of Mordechai Willig and reviewed and supported by Rav David Cohen and Harav Usher Weiss. You're talking about some uh, uh, amazing post in our community, Baruch Hashem. Rabbi Howard, would it be uh, accurate to say, and probably most important to say for this conversation, especially in light of the fact that this guidance has been released, that we are not yet ready to open, that the first thing you want to communicate and everybody the OU wants to communicate to our, to our national community is that at this point, uh, especially if we're going to make sure to pay careful attention to our federal and local governments, we are not ready to open our synagogues. It's, it's ab- absolutely accurate, and, and it's very important that you point that out, Nachum. Uh, it is not yet time, and in fact, the first and most important tenet of this guidance, and one which is underscored repeatedly by our postkin, is the importance of even being behind behind the general reopening that's going to be provided by the by the government wow. we have to understand that the that uh, when we speak about the numbers going down which we hope that they continue to just go down and down the numbers of infections and the number of hospitalizations and the number of ICU admissions as a result of corona when it's happening now during the lockdown it is happening as a result of the lockdown that's what's creating this condition. That's not an experiment. That's just basic logic and the basic science that as the as the infection is made to circulate less, there will be less infections that will happen and less hospitalizations that will that will result. Wow. So the fourteen days that that governments are looking for in order to be able to 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 accomplish reopening are the fourteen days that let them begin their experiment called reopening. Uh, you've made they, it. I'm sorry. When that that's what allows them to begin the experiment right. called reopening. Understood. When they open up, then we're going to see what happens. Is it going to start recirculating again? Is it going to start spreading again? And we do not want to be part of that experiment as a community of shuls. And that's why the guidelines uh, really have built in a, a week or two of pause in addition. Uh, correct. To, right. That, Fourteen days. That's correct. That's that's the, that's one of the most of guidance that was provided by our postkin that we shouldn't be the first ones out. As minyanim, which are very much a circulation mechanism, you know, within a community of one person, you know, uh, interacting with another, even with social distancing, even with masks, which are certainly mitigating factors, but still the fact of getting together is there, and therefore not only are we not ready for it yet, 
because governments have not begun reopening, but we don't even want to be doing it as soon as governments allow reopening. We want to see how the experiment goes for 14 days, see if the numbers stay down even after the first stages of reopening, and then we can tentatively and slowly join the experiment. Also in the guidelines, it's pointed out that every community is unique. I mean, whatever you know, whatever the rabbis do with the guidance of the OU in Florida is going to be different from what the rabbis in New York and New Jersey will do with the guidance of the post-skim, right? That would be a, a safe thing to assume? It's, it's, it's ab- absolutely the case. There are areas of the country where spread is, has taken on very, very different patterns. And uh, I would say that besides for using this general guidance of the OU, of course, it should be the rabbis working together with local medical advisors, with local infectious disease and public health experts, with local health departments. Yes, these are general principles that are going to be applied. In its own in in its own way, I mean, there are communities, uh, far far flung communities. We've heard from communities all across the country, and uh, and there are some that have been hardly affected by the whole coronavirus thing. Not not the Jewish community, not the general community. Each place has to look at it and apply it appropriately. Uh, Rabbi Hauer. Um, not that I would ever accuse our Gedolei Torah, especially the ones I'm familiar with, uh, from ever caving into pressure when it comes to a halachic decision. But human beings are human beings. Is there a de- and, and and I could tell you another thing, and that is that you know, as congregants, we look towards certain benchmarks: getting into shul by Shavuos, making sure we're in our shul for Tisha B'av. Rosh Hashanah and Kippur, I don't have to tell you. I can only imagine. Is it going to be difficult for rabbinic leadership to withstand certain aspects of calendaric pressure? There are two ways to look at uh, to look at pressure uh, here, and uh, it, it, look, this whole thing is difficult. Every aspect of it is difficult. Missing uh, Kriya Satora today is difficult. There are there are levels of difficulty. And of course, everyone is yearning to be able to hit some some sense of normalcy by those kinds of uh, uh, dates that 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 you mentioned. Uh, we we can't take it as pressure that would allow us to compromise on the safety and the security of the community. It is important for us to be cognizant that you know there's there's a difficulty in all the social distancing and the separation from religious life yeah. brings its own so to speak cost in public health and we have to always be trying to fix it and to address it and you know the ma- the many creative initiatives which uh, which I'm sure you've been seeing and covering and, and highlighting yeah. that have brought the joy to people and some level of community to people and some level of comfort to people while this is going on it, you know it's not just cute stuff it's it's very very important to be able to maintain the public health. So yes, we, we worry. You know, the longer that it goes, and the more uh, the more important points in the calendar that people miss, it, it, we have more work to do in order to keep people strong and healthy and determined to you know, to go on. Yeah, I said to someone yesterday, we have to be mentally prepared to miss a year's worth of. Uh of holidays and, and important occasions in our synagogues. Obviously, we pray that it'll be a lot less than that. Right? Moshe Howard is with us, incoming executive vice president of the OU. The OU has released with the RCA these guidelines to reopening. Obviously, it's not halachalamaisa, as we would say for people in this area. It might be, might be, might be halachalamaisa for people in uh, in certain communities 
around this country. By the way, on the reopening, whenever it happens, there will be an effort to be in shul as little time as possible. Would that be right, Rabbi Howard? Meaning, obviously, things like kiddishes, but not just things that cause social time, but things that cause extra time in shul outside of davening would likely be uh, encouraged not to be held. Yes, yes. The, the, the science here is, <clears throat> excuse me, that the, 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 the amount of contact increases the possibility of spread, right. and that means the amount of times, the amount of people, and the duration, the amount of time spent. So there's certainly a recommendation that we ease into this whole thing, and that's something which I think is very important for people to realize, that the strong recommendation of, uh, of the scientific community is that even when we do open the doors of our schools, not only will we, will we be spread out with, with social distancing and trying to make davening shorter, but we also won't go back, any individual going back to being in shul twice a day, seven days a week. First stages, we'd have to go back a few times a week and then slowly grow it because, again, the more contacts, the more circulation, and the more the risk of, of creating a spike. Boy, are we dependent on people listening, I'll tell you, because God forbid there's a spike in our community, God forbid it causes a spike in the general community. Boy, do we need people. If, if we're making, I don't know, Monday, Thursday, Shabbos rule or any type of rule like you've just alluded to, we really need people to cooperate. And I, I fear, I fear, and I don't know if you fear this, and I don't even know if you want to discuss it publicly uh, now, way before uh, it probably becomes an issue, but I fear that communities could be split on this issue, and you could see certain rabbis, uh, especially who are who are who may not be as interested in following the strict guidelines, reopening, I don't want to say too early, but certainly earlier than other synagogues. Uh, do, you, do you worry about what certain communities could go through on a communal basis if that happens? There's, there's a lot to worry about. There's a lot to worry about. But what I would say, and what, what, what has guided us and, and, and the way we have seen it happen, is that it is true that there are those who won't comply. And uh, they can't be the drivers of policy. Right. And the, the reason is very, very simple. We, ha- we have seen a tremendous level of compliance, right. a very, very, very high level of compliance. And yes, there are, there are people who are getting a little bit you know, antsy and you know, ready to go out and start their own minyanim and do things like that. But they're a small fraction of the community. And if we have 5,000 people in a community, and let's say 200 of them, and I think that's a high number, will defy the, 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 the rules which have been established based on, you know, health departments and so on and so forth and create their own minyanim and things like that. So, okay, so 200 people are circulating, but 4,800 aren't. 4,800 aren't. And to, 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 because of the fear of the non-compliant to go and to, 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 create circulation amongst the 5,000 would be a terrible, terrible mistake in policy, a terrible mistake in judgment. And I remind you, so, I'm sorry. Yeah, we need to, to, to hold fast and hold strong and do it with understanding. I mean, the community is battered. It's it just it's so yeah. difficult. It's no been such no. a hard time with understanding. But we, 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 have, we will not, not regret the steps that we have taken. Heaven forbid there was so much carnage, so much loss. And uh, the steps that we have taken have prevented so much that all the Jewish community has taken has presented so much loss. We, we, we won't regret it. We won't regret it. We'll, we'll, we'll stay strong and God willing. We'll see this through sooner than later. And I, and I think, and I think we just have to emphasize again, something that was such an important headline nine weeks ago. 
and that is that one who is complying by these who complying to these rules synagogues and communities that are following these guidelines are doing what is halachically proper they are and and therefore one might and i'm going to say might especially in this forum i got to be careful one might conclude that those who are not following the guidelines of health and halachic experts could be doing exactly the opposite, and I'll leave it at that. But again, it's a very important thing to remember. By the way, Rabbi Howard, in these guidelines, it says that even when everyone's back in shul, if someone's 65 or older or someone with difficulty with certain medical conditions decide to make their own decision to stay home and miss Kaddish and miss yard sites and continue, you know, like we're seeing now on, on Moss, they are doing the halachically proper thing. You're, you're, you're confident enough to say that publicly, right? We, uh, you, I want you to read it a little bit more closely. We discourage, it's sad, but we discourage the people in the high-risk categories from coming at all. You're right. They, they shouldn't, but even someone who's younger, but uh, and the minion has begun to open up, but they don't feel comfortable. They're worried. They're worried. They should, they may, they may allow their worry to have them stay home without without feeling, oh, I'm a chiv, I'm an obligation, I have kaddish, I have a yortzeit. That's even somebody who's healthy. Even, even somebody who's healthy. Right. We have to understand that there's a population that wants to get out now, and there's a population that even when we're allowed to go out is going to say, you know what, I want to wait a little bit. And that's true for the general community, it's going to be true for the minion community, and that's a very understandable and appropriate fear. And nobody should be pushed out the door. Uh, those over nobody 65, and you're right, I should read it more carefully. Those over 65 or those with chronic medical conditions who are at risk, uh, high risk of severe COVID-19 should be forbidden from attendance. Listen carefully, everybody. And finally, on the specific planning, people... Or, or highly discouraged. Or highly our our right. post right. were not absolute on that. Many said that they should be forbidden. Some said highly discouraged. Right. We're very worried, and we—it's so hard for that for that population whose isolation is going to be extended. And and all of us have to find some way to to work to make the, their lives more more included in the life of community, even if they can't come out to show. And finally, proudly, I say all the rabbis that we mentioned all thought of and addressed all the specific details that so many of us have thought of. Seating being eliminated or marked off, uh, systems to manage entry and exit so people don't congregate at doors, um, how minyonim should be planned sequentially with cleaning in between, um, um, participants ideally bringing their own sidurim from home, maybe not uh, putting a talus bag or leaving a talus bag in the shul, etc., etc., consistent cleanings, uh, well-ventilated spaces the shuls have to. I mean, there's a lot a lot of things to consider, and every one of them was addressed uh, by the rabbis. Everybody um, uh, is encouraged, and we are hoping that we can have some influence as well on those who think that it's a good idea to reopen or to do so before these, uh, before the uh, the postgim on whom we rely so heavily. I uh, think it's a good idea. Think twice. Think three times before any of this. By the way, am I reading this correctly, Rabbi Hauer, about the outdoor minyanim that that the the, the postgim are not ready to forbid them completely again as things reopen? I'm not talking about specifically today, uh, but they would highly, highly suggest to any rabbi who's overseeing one or is being consulted on one uh, to make sure that every single one of the mitigation um, uh, systems are in place. 
Yes, yes. This is not a time for outdoor minyanim. Uh, outdoor minyanim should be permitted when we would be ready to have indoor minyanim. Uh, it's just that having it outdoors instead of indoors is a little bit better. It's a little bit better. The ventilation system of, of being outdoors is, right. is fantastic. The problem with outdoor minyanim is that everybody can create one. You don't need a shul to create one. You can do it in your backyard. And experience is showing and has shown that um, it's very hard to maintain social distancing, people just get sloppy, uh, you know, when, it, when, when, that, when that happens. And so what the guidance says is that if outdoor minyanim is used as part of the strategy of opening, it should be something that's very, very carefully monitored. It should be, any outdoor minyan should be under a specific leader, leaders who, uh, who make sure that all of the necessary requirements are, are fulfilled. It's just, it's, it's, it's not a matter of control in that sense. Who wants to control? We want everybody to be able to, to, to go back to life as usual. We just, it, it just, we, we like each other. We gravitate to each other. We have a hard time staying six feet away from each other, eight feet away from each other. So we just need to make sure that, that, that it's done safely so that God willing, we'll be able to come together in a full way, in a safe way very soon. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Well said, to say the least. Rabbi Moshe Hauer is incoming executive vice president of the OU. I suggest everyone take a look, especially community leaders, take a look at the guidance to shuls and communities on reopening presented by the OU and the RCA. This was released on the 8th of May, uh, just before Shabbos, and it includes the uh, the PSAC and the... Um, uh, the decisions of some of our greatest Torah giants. Rabbi Hauer, as I said earlier, I'm hoping I'm hoping that in your capacity we have an opportunity to speak about other communal matters in the future, but thank you for joining me today on this very important communal matter. Thank you. Thank you, Nahum. Appreciate it. Rabbi Moshe Hauer, on a Monday morning broadcast here at JM in the AM, incoming executive vice president of the OU. Check it out, everybody. Guidance to schools and communities on reopening. We're not reopening today. And no one is encouraging any type of minion today, no matter what they're saying in your community. I'm telling you now, if you're in a community or if you went to a shul or any type of building or a house or a backyard or anywhere this morning, to Davin, I'm telling you now, you are still violating what our Torah giants from every community, every segment of our community have advised. Think about that. I've said this to friends of mine who I know who are who are going to these types of minyanim on a daily basis. You're going against the, the guidance of all of our great Torah giants at this point. All of them, from every segment of the community, not just the ones that I said the OU was uh, consulting with. But they, the OU brilliantly came up and their committee came up with this guidance to schools and communities on reopening when it's time to reopen. All the things we need to keep in mind. All the things we need to keep in mind. So I strongly suggest everybody look at it, but I really strongly suggest that every leader and every rabbi look at it as soon as you can.